Not sure what to make for dinner? Need some inspiration? Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, join Gabriel and his food hero guests on The Dinner Special. And now, here's your host, Gabriel So. Welcome to The Dinner Special. I am Gabriel So, and I am so delighted to have Katie Atlas from Sugar Laws joining me on the show today. On Sugar Laws, Katie shares health and beauty tips, very personal stories, including her new adventures in motherhood, and of course, food. Katie has also penned a series of incredibly well-received novels called Moving Neutral. Thank you so much for joining me today, Katie. Hi. Hi. You majored in English at Princeton University and wrote for the Daily Princetonian. So the journey into starting your blog, Sugar Law, seems like quite a natural evolution. Was it? Yeah, in a lot of ways it was. This is a thing that I've never really talked about on my blog, but I actually had a personal blog in college. So actually before Sugar Laws was born, I had a live journal for about three years in college. And then I gave it up when I started law school because I had this kind of idea that I was going to be this very serious lawyer. (laughs) Very serious lawyers don't blog and certainly don't write about things that they do on the internet. And I found that I just missed it so much. I just kind of missed having that outlet. I missed kind of sharing with people that way. I missed, you know, getting to know people through blogging. And so when I was a year out of law school, I started Sugar Laws. And so in a lot of ways, I think it was kind of a natural outgrowth. I love to write. I mean, I've always kind of been a writer. I think it's something that, you know, I just kind of was born with. And so it, you know, it felt very natural. Um, And, you know, again, I think it was just kind of also just a way, not even just to write, but just to communicate and, you know, to sort of connect. Right. Now, Can you tell me what sparked you to start Sugar Laws? Yeah, so when I first started Sugar Laws, it was exclusively recipes. And it was because I was learning how to cook. I was sort of on my own for the first time in law school. I hadn't really cooked very much. And I was, you know, starting my first job. And I just kind of wanted, you know, to learn this skill. And I found that I was taking pictures of these recipes that I would make them and emailing them around to my friends and my family. And I just thought, like, okay, well, why not put them on the internet? And I kind of originally just thought it would sort of be like my own little cookbook, you know, that I could come back to and have all these recipes and figure out what I liked about them and what I didn't and, you know, what I tried and what I wanted to try. And then suddenly people started reading it. And that kind of shocked me at first. It's like, who are you? You're not my mom. What's going on? And so it was really just kind of like my cooking adventures for the first year and a half. And then eventually, you know, as I kind of felt like I you know, I'd mastered a lot of cooking skills, but really kind of that wasn't sort of the exclusive focus of, you know, what I was doing all day long and all weekend long. I kind of expanded it to add fashion and beauty and kind of lifestyle. And now again, I've kind of expanded it to write about parenting a little bit. Right. Now, just to expand a little bit about sort of, you know, people that you don't expect reading your blog beyond your family and beyond your mom, your blog in 2014 had 2 million eyes view it. Now, that's incredible. What do you think it was that resonated with so many people? You know, I think it's sort of a lot of different things. And in some ways, it's a lot of different things at different times. But one of the things that I always think is really cool is I'll get emails from readers a lot. And there will be people who say, I followed you since, you know, those early days, you know, when you were taking a photo with your little point and shoot, because, you know, I didn't even have an iPhone back then. (laughs) You know, and they look terrible. But, you know, they've kind of, you know, I feel like I really feel like those are my friends, you know, the people that I've known now or, you know, have known me for um, six years, seven years now. And so I think kind of what keeps people coming back are, you know, sort of, I think kind of the human being behind it. I think it's sort of 
lots of blogs have beautiful pictures, and that is something that obviously the blogging world is just amazing at creating. But I think that really what makes blogging different from like magazines and kind of other places where you can see these beautiful images are that you kind of get to know the human behind them. And I think that really has been, if there's anything I think that makes my blog popular, I think it's, you know, that people sort of feel like they know me. Right, definitely. And I think it's also because you're so honest and you really share a lot of personal stories. Now, I read a post where you wrote about your epic holiday fail. Can you share this story with us? Yes. So last Christmas, well, so I had a very big kind of extended family. We had my parents in town and my sister and then my husband's parents and his brother, his brother's wife and their son. And I was responsible for cooking Christmas dinner. And I did all the things in preparation. Like I have my recipes ready. I had, you know, a schedule of what needed to go in when, and it all kind of was going okay until everything got ready. And at that moment, had I been a really, you know, a really on the ball hostess, I would have said, sit down at the table right now. But instead, I kind of, people were talking and that was fun. And so I kind of just sort of gently hinted that people should go to the table. And it took like an hour to get everyone to the table, at which point, like all of our food was burned. Like there was just like nothing to eat. And I think I was so embarrassed that I couldn't, usually I take pictures of everything. You know, I take pictures of like my shoes practically every day. But I couldn't take any pictures of these burned potatoes because I was so mortified by them. It was just kind of like one of those moments where I was so excited to cook this holiday dinner and, you know, I really felt like I could rise to the challenge and then I just burned everything. (laughs) You know, and I think in some ways, I actually kind of love it as a story now. At the time, I was really disappointed in myself and couldn't talk about it for a while. (laughs) And like, my whole family had to kind of pretend like I'd done an okay job and it wasn't really that bad. But then they threw everything in the trash after we were done. It was just a total epic failure. But, you know, I think probably everyone in their life is going to have one of those stories. You know, one of those holiday dinners that just didn't quite go the way you planned. And, you know, those are probably going to be the ones that you remember even more. For sure. Now, Katie, you write about many things on Sugar Laws and food is clearly featured. Were you always involved or really into cooking? No, the answer is no. I kind of started Sugar Laws when I started getting into cooking. And I kind of had always, you know, kind of everybody, you know, gets through life making a couple of dishes, you know, pretty well so that they can eat. And so, you know, I had a few of those. But really, when I started to kind of get fascinated with cooking and with all the techniques and kind of learning about it, you know, not sort of seeing it as a task that has to get done every day and more seeing it as sort of a creative outlet and something that I could learn how to do and a skill that I could, you know, sort of pick up. That's really when I sort of started enjoying cooking. And, you know, that's when I started like going to the farmer's markets and, you know, thinking about, you know, going to different food blogs and picking out recipes and thinking about like what techniques I wanted to master. I took a bunch of cooking classes. It was really a, sort of a long learning experience that, you know, is well documented on Sugar Loss. You know, I kind of went from here are some cookies with four ingredients to all of a sudden I'm piping my own eclairs and rendering duck fat and all of these things. And now it's funny because, I mean, cooking is still obviously a huge part of our lives, but now kind of what I gravitate towards more are kind of easier recipes that, you know, can be healthy and manageable for our family because, you know, we've obviously got a lot on our hands with an eight-month-old and both my husband and I work. So now it's kind of taken its own little turn, but I still really enjoy it. Right. Now, how has cooking changed now that you are a mom and you have an eight-month-old? Do you find yourself cooking more or less? I definitely cook more, but I cook very differently. You know, because we used to sort of 
order out and, you know, go out. I could certainly go out on a much more frequent basis. And now we don't. Now it tends to be a lot more meals that I prepare at home. I find sort of two things. One is that I have to be a lot more organized about it. It can't be like, oh, I bought two things for a recipe and then I'm missing the other four ingredients because then we have no dinner. So that doesn't work very well. And then also, I really strive for recipes that are, can just kind of be our staples, you know, something that isn't necessarily learning a new technique all the time, but is just like, I know how to make this. I know it will be good. I love our slow cooker is the lifesaver for a new parent because nothing burns. And, you know, I mean, I definitely kind of experiment still with recipes and if you know, I'll sort of work one into the rotation and see if it works and make it a few times. And then, you know, if it sort of sticks around, then it becomes sort of part of our repertoire and one of the staples. But it definitely kind of has changed a lot. I definitely gravitate towards, you know, healthy, but easy and low maintenance and something that is not going to burn. Can you talk about a dish that, you know, is fast and is easy and is sort of conducive for new parents that you found that works for you? So I have two that are kind of go-tos a lot, and they're both slow cooker recipes. I just find that those are just lifesavers. So one of them is barbecue chicken, and I am so obsessed with this recipe that I literally have it going downstairs in our slow cooker (laughs) for dinner tonight. And it's like the easiest, the recipe's on the Sugar Laws website, but it's so easy. It's chicken breast, barbecue sauce, Worcestershire sauce, Italian dressing, and just leave it in the slow cooker for like six or eight hours. And then shred it with two forks and put it on a whole wheat bun, and you have like a really delicious, incredibly easy dinner that takes active time five minutes. That's perfect for new parents. It's awesome. And I also have kind of a Southwestern stew that's one of our favorites. It uses black beans and corn and chopped onions. And then I, like a lot of the time, I just kind of throw in some like taco seeds. I know these are really low maintenance recipes, but I swear I really do like to cook and can do the fancy stuff too. But lately with a baby, it's more like crock pot and taco season. Yeah, for sure. It's totally understandable. I totally know where you're coming from. Now, here at the dinner special, we talk with food heroes about dinner dishes that are special to them and how we can make it at home. Can you talk about a dinner dish that is special to you? Why is it special? And maybe a little bit about the story behind the dish. So we definitely have dinner dishes that are special to us. Although for the most part, when we're sort of really kind of celebrating a special occasion, we do tend to go out for dinner. But one dish that is kind of particularly special to us that I do make isn't a dinner dish, but it's a breakfast dish. (laughs) And so one of the things that my husband really loves is pancakes. And so when we kind of have time on the weekends, I love to make pancakes. And I made at one point these like gingerbread pancakes that were just, I mean, like the coolest things on the face of the earth. I mean, they were all about sort of holiday seasoning and they were delicious and just, you know, sort of so special and so yummy and really kind of weren't that much more effort than any normal pancake recipe that I would make, but just were really kind of like one of those moments where we kind of sat down and ate them and we're just like, wow, this is a really lovely experience that we're having. So I'll say that's probably, those are kind of what I whip out. Yeah, and you can always have pancakes for dinner too, right? True, absolutely. (laughs) Now, is this recipe on the website, these uh, gingerbread pancakes? I think they are, yeah. Awesome. Now, if you were to invite any three famous people over for your gingerbread pancakes, who would they be? Okay, J.K. Rowling, who I would really like to meet. Steve Jobs, I would would really, really like to meet. And you know, this is just kind of a current one, but I'm reading Lean In right now. So Sheryl Sandberg is actually someone who I find really, really inspiring and would really like to meet. 
Okay, awesome. Now, let's say you were having this dinner party and you were actually doing dinner and a movie. What movie would you pair with these pancakes? Well, I don't know if this is necessarily the best movie to go with these pancakes, but one movie that I kind of always go back to again and again and really, really love is Adventureland. I think that's just like such a fun movie. I kind of love coming of age stories. I don't know that like Steve Jobs is going to be that into Adventureland, but if it's up to me, that's what we're going to (laughs) watch. No, I think he's pretty flexible. Now, you're a busy mom and, you know, we're all busy with work and other commitments, Oftentimes, cooking becomes more of a chore than something that we enjoy. For people where cooking is more of a chore, how can we make it more fun? You know, that's something, honestly, that I slip into, too. You know, it is really sort of an exciting and creative thing, but it also is something that, you know, you have to do every day. You you know, you have to eat, so you have to cook, you know, most of the time. I think to make it more fun, so two things. One is don't do it by yourself if you can avoid it. You know, if you can kind of have friends to cook with you, you know, lots of people think that they always have to go out for dinner with friends, but you know, actually kind of staying in and cooking is a really fun activity to do with friends too. My husband will always kind of keep me company. He's not a great cook, but you know, he'll kind of help out and hand me cans and, you know, sort of do little things and just kind of keep me company while I go. Put on some music. I mean, I think, you know, cooking is sort of a wonderful activity because you're really active and engaged with it. Your mind kind of isn't wandering as much as, you know, our thoughts tend to wander. You can just kind of focus on it and sort of enjoy the experience of it, even if it's not your favorite thing and it can be kind of a tough thing to find time to do every day. I think just kind of like focusing on being present for it and then also, you know, trying to have company for it. Right. And definitely cooking by yourself can be really like sad and stressful a little bit. So cooking with somebody else is definitely something that could definitely easy way to be having more fun. Absolutely. Katie, you wrote a series of novels called Moving Neutral. I think it's so interesting because I see food bloggers writing cookbooks and health and beauty bloggers writing about health and beauty, but they don't ever write about fiction and they don't write novels. Tell me more about your books and your series. Yes. You know, I was an English major in college. I've always, you know, loved to write, loved to read. I read all the time. And I started reading a ton of young adult books and just love them, just kind of love the stories, love the pace of them, sort of love that you could pick them up and sort of fall into these characters' lives. And I just found them really, really enjoyable. And after a while, I started kind of getting these characters in my head. And you know, it just kind of felt really natural to try to put, well, I want to say pen to paper, but obviously it was, you know, fingers to keyboard and and try to tell this story. And I love writing. And I think writing fiction is one of the most sort of fun, enjoyable, hair pulling, (laughs) intense activities that you can challenge yourself to. And I mean, I think the discipline that it takes to write a book, it's just something that I'm glad that I challenged myself to do it. I really learned a lot from it. And I would encourage anyone to, you know, to take that story that they have, you know, sitting around in their head and, you know, those characters that they kind of think about every once in a while and, you know, try to tell their story because I'm so proud of that as sort of an accomplishment. It is one of the things that I am probably, you know, sort of most proud of, at least, you know, before our child arrived. And I just loved it. And, you know, I think there's something to be said for, you know, sort of staying in your niche, but I always kind of felt like I write about fashion, I write about food, I write about beauty, but kind of foremost, I'm a writer, you know, not so much foremost, I'm a fashionista or, you know, a beauty expert or even a cook. I'm really kind of first and foremost a writer. Awesome. Now, I call the next part of the Dinner Special podcast, The Pressure Cooker. I'm going to ask you seven fast and fun questions that we want to know your answers to. Are you up for it? Yes. Great. Number one, which food shows or cooking shows do you watch? 
So I love Martha Stewart. So I watch her show a lot. And I think I have a lot of her cookbooks. I think she's just like totally terrific. Great. Number two, what are some food blogs or websites we have to know about? So, I mean, I read a lot of kind of the big ones like Bon Appetit, Cooking Light actually, I think has really, really good recipes. And, you know, then a lot of like Joy the Baker. I love her blog. Smitten Kitchen obviously is a huge one that I think probably you already know about. <laughs> I love her blog. Cupcakes in Cashmere is kind of fashion and food, but she always has great recipes. Those are good ones. Number three, who do you follow on Pinterest, Instagram, or Twitter that make you happy? So on Instagram in particular, you know, I follow a lot of my friends. You know, I follow a lot of bloggers too, but the nice thing about sort of the blogging community is that the ones that I follow kind of that make me the happiest tend to be the people that I actually kind of know in real life and, you know, have gotten to know through various projects and, you know, sort of feel like are my friends in addition to obviously they're creators of really, really beautiful content. But so I always really like it when I kind of know the person and, you know, have sort of some connection to them. Awesome. Number four. What is something all home cooks should have in their pantry? Okay, so Maldon sea salt is the biggest one. I think like a really, really good salt is, you never think of it, but it actually makes such a huge difference in your recipes. You don't want to be kind of pouring table salt onto everything. Right. Well, it's so much more flavorful than just regular table salt too. Absolutely. Number five, name one ingredient you cannot live without cheese like probably parmesan cheese my husband is always like i'm like let's just put some parmesan cheese in there and he's like it doesn't go in everything (laughs) but i disagree it pretty much goes in everything right does the parmesan cheese go into the barbecue chicken tonight that's the question it does not go in the recipe but i bet it probably would taste better with it right number six what are a few cookbooks that make your life better So again, actually, wow, back to Martha Stewart. I have a bunch of Martha Stewart cookbooks that I really, really like. I just find that those recipes are kind of, you know, they're foolproof. They really, really work. They always turn out great. I also have The Art of Simple Food, which I think is kind of, it's, I think, almost less of a cookbook and more of just kind of a cooking perspective, (laughs) which I really, really like. You know, honestly, I do a lot online. So it tends to be, I love my cookbooks. And, you know, when I have a Saturday, I love browsing through them. But I also, you know, when I'm sort of looking for a recipe, I also look a lot online. Great. And finally, number seven, what song or album just makes you want to cook? I know you said earlier that putting on some music is a good way to sort of have more fun in the kitchen. What album or song makes you have fun in the kitchen? Yeah, so I love like the 60s and like the music of the 60s. So I put on like Bob Dylan or like Crosby, Stills and Nash or even like the Beatles. And those are just kind of the like the songs that sort of speak to my soul. Those are always kind of the go to Great. Now, congratulations, Katie. You have officially survived the pressure cooker. (laughs) Katie, thank you so much for joining me here on the Dinner Special Podcast. You're all over social media. What's the best way for us to keep up with what you're up to? So my blog is sugarlaws.com and pretty much across the board on social media, I'm just at sugarlaws. So that's Twitter and Instagram and Facebook is just facebook.com slash sugarlaws. So it's easy. Awesome. Thank you so much, Katie, for joining me today on the Dinner Special Podcast. I really appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Head over to thedinnerspecial.com for recipes, highlights from every show, super blog articles, and all the wonderful ways to keep in touch on social media. Your culinary journey awaits, so let's get cooking. Let's get cooking.